Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Sally A. from South Jersey, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, November 17, 2014. Today we are reading from the AA Big Book, and we will begin reading Bill's story found on page 11 in paragraph 4, and beginning with the words, had this power through two paragraphs ending with great tidings. Today's readers for the 12 steps, Nicole, 12 traditions, Rabia, and then the readers of the text will be Amy B. G., Devorah S., and Chelsea. The share ID, Sunday, November 16th, November 16th is 7040. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Nicole to read the 12 steps. Hi, this is Nicole. I'm a um, recovered compulsive overeater from Colorado. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thank you, Nicole. I will now ask Rabia to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, fellow visionaries. This is Rabia. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, all readers anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rabia. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 11, paragraph 4, beginning with the words, had this power. And I will ask Amy B. G. to read for us. Amy? Star 1 to unmute Amy.
star one to unmute. Okay. Sounds like Amy's having a bit of technical difficulty. Devorah, can you unmute your phone? Yes, this is Devorah. I just unmuted my phone. Okay. Devorah, would you be willing to read for us, have this power, and read two paragraphs and end where he shouted, Great tidings. Sure, gladly. Thank you very much. Obviously, it had not. There had been no more power in him than there was in me at that minute, and this was none at all. That floored me. It began to look as though religious people were right after all. Here was something at work in a human heart which had done the impossible. My ideas about miracles were drastically revised right then. Never mind the musty past. Here sat a miracle directly across the kitchen table. He shouted great tidings. Past. Okay. <clears throat> Would anyone like to share on what was just read? Had this power originated in him? Okay. I'm going to go ahead and share on this while you guys um, come alongside. Um, I'm Sally A, a recovered compulsive overeater in South Jersey, and um, reading reading from page 11 at the bottom of the page. Had this power originated in him? Obviously, it had not. There had been no more power in him than there was in me at that time, at that minute, and this was none at all. So here we see that Bill is. Uh, recognizing his powerlessness. That floored me. It began to look as though religious people were right after all. Here was something at work in a human heart which had done the impossible. So he's recognizing that something is very changed in his friend, Ebby. My ideas about miracles were drastically revised right then. Never mind the musty past. Here sat a miracle Directly across the kitchen table, he shouted great tidings. With that, I pass. Would anyone like to share on these two paragraphs? This is Janice. Good morning, Janice. Go ahead. Well, good morning to you, Sally, and everyone. My name is Janice. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Yes, I'm glad we're going over this because, you see, he knew. He knew because he he drank with Ebby for years. They were both drunks. And he knew he didn't have any power in himself because he couldn't stop. And it was, And he knew about identifying in that he lacked power also. That's why they, they kept on going. So, you know, um, and if, you know, then he said, but you see, Ebby was living proof, living proof, like like the people, like the members here on Vision for You. We don't see them, but we can hear the proof. We can hear it day after day, you know. So we, what, there's no debating. It's their experience. It's Ebby's experience here 
that he has changed, that there's some power in him, but he know, he doesn't know what it is because they couldn't find it. So that floored him. Yeah, yeah. He It began to look. See, he, he began to see in his mind. This is where he sees it. He began to see in his mind how, yeah, perhaps these people that, you know, that Ebby was going to see in the Oxford group, you know, were right after all. Um, they had something where he had been so prejudicial. So he began to see that, hmm, something is different because it was impossible for Ebby to stop drinking. So his ideas, see, this is what has to happen in me, had to happen in me. My ideas, my prejudices against any group or any religious group, um, you know, always trying to find an excuse. So my my prejudices had to be changed because here was a miracle. Here is a miracle. And to be revised in my thinking is a great beginning. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Janice. Janice, Anne. Hi, this is Anne. Oops. Go ahead, Anne-Marie. <laughs> Hi, Anne-Marie M., uh, Recovered Compulsive Eater in South Carolina. Thank you, Sally. For um, uh, you know, moderating this morning. Um, yeah, this this bottom uh, this paragraph here. I had um, actually going back up the other um, paragraph as uh, I had listed here as step one. Like myself, he admitted complete defeat, and um, and then a promise after that. Then he had in effect been raised from the dead, suddenly taken from the scrap of heat to a level. Uh, a level of better, uh, a level of life better than the best he'd ever known. So you know that there's a promise there, and you know I was taught that that was um, you know Bill getting into the steps now. Step one, right there, he admitted he complete defeat. Now this one, this paragraph here, I was told, um, well, there's much hope, and with that, um, step two, here is something at work in a human heart which has done the impossible, you know, came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore us to sanity. Um, um, you know, I can see this now, how this was, this is step two. And then this promise is here. Uh, my ideas about miracles were drastically revised right then. And I knew, I remember feeling and remembering that promise come to me when I saw that others, like me, had recovered, you know, um, what a promise, what a promise, a, a miracle. And um, never mind the musty past, here sat a miracle directly across the table. He shouted great tidings. And how wonderful that Bill and Ebby were such good friends before. So Bill really knew uh, how Ebby drank and how he had gotten himself in trouble. And there he sat across the table from him, sober and um, shining and, and feeling good. So there was lots of hope there for Bill. And with all that, I will pass. Thanks, Sally. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Would anyone else like to share on what was read in these two paragraphs? Yes, Vasa. Good morning, Vasa. Thank you. Good morning, all, all of you. Vasa, what is the first initial of your last name? Oh, Vasa O. Oh, okay. Go right ahead. Thank you, Sally, for your service, and good morning, everybody. I am Vasa Recovered Compulsible Reader calling from uh, Port Charlotte, 
Florida. I knew I was powerless uh, because I tried to put the food down for many years. And while all the power and all my will that I tried to do did, just did not work for me. And again, it's amazing how I can relate with, uh, with Bill's story and my story because the person that 12 stepped me, she came through my kitchen door and uh, 12 stepped me for about a week off and on. And uh, she was one of, she was like me. She was a compulsive overeater for many, many years. We struggled, both of us, with the food. And all of a sudden, for her, when she walked through my door, after not hearing for, for a while, and, and seeing the difference in her was just amazing. And, um, and something happened to my friend. God was doing for her what she couldn't do for herself and for others. And I was open. I was just so, so willing and ready to accept. You know, I just said, I know I'm powerless. I've tried this for years. And it often, it's not working anymore. I gave into the food. I just said, I'm going to die miserable with the food addiction. And again, I'm just so grateful that she gave me the hope. This was my last hope coming into the big book step study, reading the, 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 the directions here. This is where the recipe is. And, uh, and I was ready to do whatever she asked me to do. So further down, it's, um, I was ready to surrender. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you for sharing, Vasa. This is Leah. This is Leah. Good morning, Leah. I hear you. Go ahead. Good morning. Thank you so much, Sally. This is Leah S. from Brooklyn, New York. Um, What I want to share is that I came into the program and I was so excited because I was going to do it now. And uh, when they started to teach me the first step, I said, of course I'm powerless. Look what I'm eating. It's okay. I understand it. And I admitted it. It's not, you know, I admitted it just... uh, on the surface, but what I'm saying is that I had to come from, it had to come from within. I had to understand what admission and what the last, the last piece of desperation or the last depression or the last binge that I had to finally say, you know what, you cannot slip. You cannot say, oh, but I just had a little more on my plate. There was room enough. No, that was that was where I had to admit that I wasn't honest enough and that I was really, really, I wasn't able to control that extra piece. I wasn't able to control that extra bag. And I wasn't even willing to admit it. And um, so that's what I see from this paragraph. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Leah. Anyone else before we move on? Okay. I'm going to ask Devorah S. to begin reading at the bottom of page 11. I saw that my friend... Excuse me, this is Millie um, L. Recovered in Florida. May I share, please? I'm, I was muted. 
Okay, you'll be our last reader on that, our last share on that particular set of paragraphs, and then Devorah S. Go ahead, Millie. I appreciate it. Thank you. This is Millie. Um, this is Millie L. Recovered in Florida. Uh, just you know, thinking about the the paragraph that was just read, and it talks about again about being a power of example. And in the in the chapter of what working with others, again it talks about how we can be a power of example. You know, however, um, the the what says here any good time provided. However, the alcoholic, it's on page ninety nine, continues to demonstrate that he can be sober, considered, and helpful regardless of what anyone says or does. And of course, we all fall much below this standard many times. But you know, the fact is that when we live in a recovered state, we can be powers of we can be powers of examples. And as a result of that, there are actually, you know, there's there is this is like living in a recovered state for me means I can be a power of example. There's a lot of background noise. I don't know who. Sorry, I don't but, know how to do that. But keep going, Millie. Okay. Anyways, we can be a. I can be a power of example, you know, by just being who I am. And you know, I too had to admit complete defeat because no matter what I did, you know, I had no control over my food intake. You know, I I ate because I was happy. I ate because I was sad. I ate because I was depressed. I ate because it was a celebration. I ate because it was a funeral. It didn't matter. You know, it was just one of those. And and I don't know if a doctor, you know, doctors at those times when they have never, I don't think they they pronounce us uncurable. Millie, I think we lost you. Star one to unmute yourself, Millie. Just give her one more second to come back. I don't know what happened. I got muted. Sorry about that. Okay. Anyways, we can, you know, I the doctors, it says the doctors pronounced him uncurable. I think in our case, you know, the doctors always find, believe they have a cure. They have another pill or they have a surgery or they have, you know, it's not as it's not as black and white as it is with alcohol. And it definitely was not as black and white as it was in 1939. And had this power originated in him? Well, no, you know, for me, I I know that the only thing that could that could restore me to sanity was, was a power greater than myself. And, you know, the... I I don't know. I just it's just one of those you know, it's just one of those those things where somebody walks into my life and, you know, is a power of example of something. And in this case, you know, for me it was somebody over twenty five years ago that showed me that this program can work and it took me another ten years to actually find a program for myself. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Deborah S. Hi, my name is Charles. Can I share? Charles, we're going to move right on to the next paragraph, so if you'll stick around and come back. Um, Devorah S., would you please go ahead and read, I Saw That My Friend. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. This is Devorah S. in New Jersey, recovered. Thank you, God. I saw that my friend was much more than inwardly reorganized. He was on a different footing. His roots grasped a new soil. So here we are continuing with the miracle of um, Bill seeing his friend, um, that he is sober, he looks different, he's talking about God, he is um, on a different footing, and um, I can totally relate to that. That's what brought me coming back to, to the meetings. I can't say it was about the spiritual talk, because I wasn't ready yet for that, but I definitely saw the people were not eating at a day at a time, and they were keeping off their weight, they were in thin bodies, and they were... 
abstinent and they weren't eating and um, they had a glow about them. They really did. And it's, it, it, it just said to me, you know, week after week that if these people can do it, I can do it too. It gave me a lot, a lot of hope. And, um, and then I was, you know, I got abstinent I kept coming back and, you know, having, you know, finding God, you know, a power greater than myself was not, was not hard for me because I grew up with a God in my life, but I needed to learn how to turn over to God all my, all my, all my stuff, including my food, surrendering to a power greater than myself. And that was something that was very difficult for me because I said, you know, God's going to help me with my food. God is going to be there for me. God is going to, you know, he's, God's very busy in, in this world. What does he want with Devorah? And I needed to realize that God wants me um, to call to him, no matter what's the situation, um, whether it's my food or whether it's in, uh, you know, praying for a sick friend. It's like that's what God's job is there. Is, is, that's what God's job is, that I should be able to call to him and develop a relationship. And as I did that, you know, quietly asking God, you know, to help me get through this day of, of and not eating, you know, it just grew and grew. And, um, you know, just so grateful. Um, I am a miracle today that I'm able to, you know, work these steps, live in 10, 11, and 12, and not eat at a day at a time. And what a miracle it is that it's Monday morning, and I could face my people, and I could tell you exactly what I ate yesterday. I have no remorse, no regret. I acted the way that God would want me to act, you know, with patience, okay. power, and love. we lost you. You lost me. Star one to unmute yourself. Hi, can you hear me now? I can. Okay, I don't know what I was up to, but I was just saying, I'll wrap it up, that today I have no remorse or regret. You know, I do what I, I, I'm trying to live in the way that God wants me to live. And I know for me, um, um, being abstinent is a way that God wants me to live because I know it brings me closer to him. And um, it helps me to um, help others. And I'm able to, um, because I'm abstinent and I have a relationship with God, I'm able to um, be patient, tolerant, and loving to the people around me and to give of myself and not just think about what I, you know, about the me, 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 me. So I am just so grateful um, for this fellowship and for everyone for here. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Devorah. And Charles, would you like to be the first share? Uh, you talking to Charles? I sure am. Yeah, I sure would like to dive in to this meal. Go this ahead, Charles. <laughs> thank you, um, thank you um, for your continued service. My name is, good morning, all visionaries. My name is Charles. I eat too much of a recovered visionary just for today. And I, can't, I couldn't wait to, um, to join all my fellow visionaries at this beautiful spiritual kitchen uh, meal. Uh, wow. My ideas about miracles drastically revised right then. Never mind the musty past. Here's that a miracle directly across the kitchen table. He shouted, great titans. Oh, amen. You know, um, it's a miracle that I could sit at the kitchen table 
in a recovered state of mind, first of all. You know, and, and, and there's two things I got to watch, what goes in my, what goes in my mouth and what comes out of my mouth. And in retrospect also, I don't mind when toxic things get out of my mind. I just got to be worried about the intake of what comes into my mind. So, yeah, my roots is grass on a new soil. Like, visionaries, I need you every day, visionaries. I'm going to let you know. And can I say one more thing? You know, not knocking other meetings, but when I hear people or, you know, when I hear people say, hey, my food is sloppy, that's white knuckle abstinence. When you, when you get recovered, you'll never hear those words come out your mouth, one day at a time. I, we, don't, I don't, we don't even talk about food. We don't talk about weight. We don't talk about none of that stuff because we're on new soil right now, one day at a time, recovered soil. White knuckle abstinence, that's what, that's what the disease wants me to fight for. It doesn't want me to ease into a recovered state of mind. I speak it. I speak it in the air. I speak it in the air. I believe it. Most times I'm on this visionary meeting, I'm at my kitchen table. And I don't need no miracles to know that I'm a walking miracle today. Unbelievable, man. Vision for you. Unbelievable. And, yeah, I crack open the book every single day. And, yeah, I talk about vision for you every day. Well, what? Because I, I, I love it. I defend this meeting um, with my life. I put my life on the line for this meeting because this is where I got recovered at this meeting. And that's all I need to say this morning. I pass. Thanks for allowing me to share. Thanks for sharing, Charles. Would anyone else like to share what was read this morning? This is Bella. Can I share? Kim? Yes, Bella. Hi, Kim. I hear you. First, Bella, then Kim. Is there someone else? Okay, Bella and then Kim. Bella, what's the first initial of your last name? G. Okay, Bella. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Sally, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. His roots grabs a new soil. Yes, I, I, I know what it means. Before the program, I was embarrassed for my roots. I was angry at my roots. I didn't even know what are my roots. I grew up as a religious person, and I had a God in my life. But it wasn't a relationship. It was a power battle 24-7. You know, I knew that if I am a good girl, wow, good. But if I am a bad girl, God will punish me. And obviously I was a bad girl because I did mistakes. I didn't even, <clears throat> I wasn't even aware that I can do something good. Uh, I was angry at everybody, especially at myself. I was jealous. I was disconnected with with the power of God. I just knew that God is there to punish me and to tell me, you see, Bella, again, you are not good. And to put God with my foot, there is no such a thing. I am, I have problems with my eating because I don't have a willpower. God wants me to lose weight, but, you know, Bella, you don't have the willpower. 
And thank you God, thank you God, I am not there anymore. Now I have a new soil. Yes, now I have a loving God, a respectful God, and a God that accepts me. And yes, I don't need to prove again my power because I am a happy, powerful, powerless person because I am human and I have only one power to choose one day at a time. And as of now, I choose to be connected to the power of love, to the power of acceptance, to a power that respects me. And if I do a mistake, and when I do a mistake, it's okay. I have all the time opportunities to learn and to change my behavior. Now I choose to believe that I am connected to a power greater than myself, I am powerless, and a God that accepts me, because this is the way that God wants me to be. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. And Kim G., go ahead. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. His roots grasp new soil. You know, I, I think that when we talk about this, you know, Evie and Bill have seen each other sober before. They've, they've had times where they've white knuckled it, but Bill is seeing something different in him, something different in Evie. His roots grasp new soil. And I think for myself, being from New Jersey, I think of Superstorm Sandy. And it was a vicious, vicious storm. And I happen to live on a street where um, some of the houses on my street are actually from the 1700s. So we have trees that are hundreds of years old. And when I walked out of my house after hunkering down for that storm, I was shocked to see trees that are 100 years old. They didn't snap. They actually were pulled over from their roots because the, the water had gotten so saturated, the ground was so saturated that the roots could no longer hold the trees up. And that's what I have to recognize. Am I so saturating my program? Am I so saturating my life that I cannot grasp that soil that I need, and that soil is a power greater than myself. I have to have something greater than myself that's going to give me the ability to grasp it during hard times, during good times, and let's just face it, just life. I can pick up over a flat tire as much as I could pick up over a diagnosis of cancer. I need something greater than myself that's going to give me those roots that grasp that new soil. And this also makes me think of, you know, page 24, where it says, at certain times, at certain times, we are unable to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory and the suffering and humiliation of even a week ago. Well, that means at certain times we can. So I would often come back from a, from a relapse and someone would say, what are you doing? And I would tell them what I did. She goes, oh, no, I, you're not going to enough meetings. So I would go to more meetings, and that would work at certain times. And then at certain times it wouldn't, and I would go back into relapse. And I would come back and someone would say, what happened? And I would tell them. And they'd say, oh, you're not making enough phone calls. And I would make more phone calls and that would work at certain times. But then I would pick up again. So I have to recognize that the fellowship is powerful. It's very powerful, but it's not going to sustain me. It's not something that's going to work at certain times. 
And the visual I like to think of is the idea of Russian roulette. You play Russian roulette, you have six chambers in the gun, you put one butt bullet in there, and you're willing to spin that, that um, chambers just on the help that you're not going to hit the bullet. And that's what I would do. I would use things that were of human aid, hoping it wouldn't be the time that the bullet would hit my head and I would pick up. But the insanity is towards the end, what would happen is there'd be five bullets in the chamber and only one black chamber. And I would still be willing to spin that chamber, hoping this time would be the one time that I wouldn't have the bullet and I could control and enjoy my eating. That great delusion. So his roots grasped new soil because he was seeing that, that Eddie had something beyond human aid that was helping to keep him sober. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Thanks so much. I'm just going to jump in here for one moment and speak on this one word, reorganize. So Sally, Sally A. recovered from Pulsive Overeater in South Jersey. Reorganize at the top of page 12. This one word that's used to describe what has changed in Ebby that has really shaken Bill to know that he would know that something very real has happened. And the word is reorganize. That's the word. He says, I saw that my friend was much more than inwardly reorganized. Reorganized is a big word. Let's look at two other huge words in the big book that sort of describe the same thing. And that the first one is on page 27 in the middle of the page where it speaks of the vital spiritual experience. To me, these occurrences are phenomena. They appear to be in the nature of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements. That's another big word that sort of, you know, goes along with reorganize. Emotional displacements and rearrangements. Ideas, emotions, and attitudes which were once the guiding force of the lives of these men are suddenly cast to one side. And a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. I could keep going. It's a great section. But let's look at one other big word that's used. It's very much like reorganized. Evie was reorganized. Evie was rearranged. There was a rearrangement. And then on page 143 in the middle of the page, again in the middle of the page on 143, it says he should understand that he must undergo a change of heart to get over drinking will require a transformation. Another big word like reorganization or rearrangement. Transformation. To get over drinking will require a transformation of thought and attitude. We all had to place recovery above everything, for without recovery, we would have lost both home and business. With that, I pass. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph before we move on? This is this is Larry. Leah. Kim M. Larry. Leah. Who was that last? Kim M. Kim M. Yes. Yeah, and Florence. And Florence. Okay, Larry, then Leah, then Kim, and Florence. Is there anyone else? Okay, Larry, go ahead. Thanks, Who just just read these? That was me, Sally. Larry, go ahead. Okay, thanks, Sally, for your service. Uh, Larry Kay, uh, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. 
um, you know, when I think when I when I read this, I think about you know first coming into the rooms and uh, and and seeing people that you know I can reflect back. You know, you you see people that there's there's just something different about them. You know, there's something you you hear in their voice. Um, even though I was, my goodness, I was I was the same guy. You know, I was. Um, I was into the food. I was fogged over, you know. Um, I didn't. I didn't like the place that I where I was, you know. I I really wanted things to be different. And then um, every so often, you know, I would see someone that there was just something about them. You know, you could be uh, fogged over as I was, but you could see something in their eyes. Um, but you could hear it in their voice too, you know. And uh, and I've wanted what those people had, and I think perhaps that's where Bill was. Uh, that's certainly where I was. And I never thought that uh, that I might be that person, you know, that that my family, let's say, would see a, a guy that's been changed, not only reorganized. That wasn't just enough to have that complete, you know, reorganization and, and, and my behaviors changed, but there was something different about me and. Um, and they noticed it. The people that uh, that knew me noticed it, and then others began to notice that in, in me. And you know what it is is um, it's what I say today. Thank thank God because God did for me what I couldn't do for myself. God has changed me in a way that um, that I could be of maximum service to God today. And I could never say that before, you know, uh, until this happened. And it happened somehow very unscientifically by working through these steps, uh, and then I, I got into a new, uh, tapped into a new relationship with the creator of my own understanding, and it's been sustainable ever since. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, and now I can be of, of service to God every day. I ask how I can be of service, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Leah, go ahead. Thanks so much, Sally, for your perseverance this morning. Good morning, Hello, everybody. Sally, can I share? Um, I'm sorry, Leah, and uh, yes. whoever that is, we'll, you can come back. We'll come back to you. Go ahead. Great. Leah. Thanks so much. Um, his roots grasp new soil. You know, when I think of the word roots, and when I just visualize roots, you know, I think of a sense of stability, and that's exactly, you know, what. Uh, this program offers, you know, uh, and that's what Bill saw in Ebby, and that's what Bill eventually had was a sense of stability. You know, um, Bill had been, uh, you know, as we read his story, I mean, we saw that he was constantly in pursuit, you know, before he was recovered, he was constantly in pursuit for those things, uh, external conditions that was going to give him a sense of stability, you know, that was going to give him a sense of security and happiness. And he was constantly looking outside for scraps of pleasure and for fulfillment and for accomplishment and for validation and security and love and folding money. And, you know, in the end, you know, we have this treasure, this unsuspected inner resource within us that not only includes all those things, perhaps, but is infinitely greater than anything the world can offer. 
And that's what Ebby had that set him free, and that's what Bill eventually had that set him free, was this connectedness, this uh, relationship with something immeasurable and indestructible, and that is what the program of recovery allows to occur. You know, this text takes me on an experience through the implementation of the steps that brings me to this stability. You know, it used to be that I was like this, uh, you know, those metal balls in the old-fashioned um, pinball machine where you pull back the spring and it catapults the ball all around the machinery, you know, ding, 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 and the lights are going and, you know, that ball is just constantly uh, moving around the machinery depending on outside circumstances and situations. Well, the program of recovery stabilizes us. You know, I'm not speaking against emotions. I'm speaking against allowing emotions to dominate us. The program of recovery governs me. It governs me. It gives me a compass that always points north, true north, to a power greater than myself and gives me a standard of conduct and a standard of attitudes and outlook so that it's not just temporary relief. I had temporary relief thousands of times. I was looking for salvation, just like Bill was looking for salvation. The big book teaches that when the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. And that is what occurs in this program. We're suffering from a disease which only a spiritual experience will conquer. And the program of recovery offers that. The program of recovery gave me those roots, gave Bill these roots. One solution? Absolutely. We always had one solution, right? Bill always had one solution. That one solution was, give me another drink. One solution here is a power greater than ourselves that will offer that stability. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks for sharing, Leah. And Kim, Kim M. Thank you very much. This is the first time that I'm sharing on this meeting. I'm really glad to be here. This is Kim M. in Texas, uh, Recovered. Um, what, these uh, chaps, these uh, paragraphs that we've been reading, it reminds me of when I discovered um, OA, and I just happened to see a flyer in the library, and the meeting was that night, and I came back. Uh, to the meeting, and just hearing the people share and realizing that there were other people in the world that actually did the weird things that, that I did and overate like I did. I mean, I sat in that meeting with my mouth open the whole time, and then after it was over, I just started crying. I knew that I had found um, some people who, who could understand me you know, and I could understand them. So that's just the, the beauty of this program. But I, I know that I've tried um, other OA-type uh, meetings, but I know that the meetings that work for me and have allowed me to have some type of recovery, and I mean, I've been through a lot, including uh, having gastric bypass surgery five years ago. And when I started losing all that weight, people were saying, oh, I think, I think Kim is sick. I think she's sick. But they didn't realize just how sick I really was 
But um, I'm just very thankful to be here, and I listen to this meeting every morning. And uh, thank everyone who shares, and thank you for your service. Uh, and I pass. Okay, thank you. And Florence. Hi, Mrs. Florence. Go ahead. Hi, Florence. Um, a grateful member uh, of this group, and um, gee, I just want to express my gratitude. Um, I, 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 I don't know if you all realize uh, how much you mean to us that are running this meeting. And I think if the new soil is like a community garden. I think you all are the gardeners and the people that are signing us up saying, yeah, you can have some space in this garden. And, you know, hey, this is how we plant this. And, you know, it's just, you know, we couldn't do it without each other. And when Bill was in the kitchen uh, with uh, his friend, uh, seeing someone who who had done it and, and someone he could relate to, he shouted glad tidings that it is nothing less then glad tidings, and uh, I know we probably have people of many faiths here, but I do believe that this is this is the gospel in action. Some people say we came for the vanity to get thin, and we stayed for the sanity. But actually, I'm, I'm thinking there's a third one. We we're staying for the sanctity, and I don't mean that to sound sanctimonious, but but um, you know we are doing nothing less than tapping into to our higher powers. That that is what it's about, and um, this food. Um, Compulsion. It, it was is the vehicle, and uh, I'm I'm not sure I'll ever say I'm grateful for it. But there's going to be stuff that irritates us in life, and and that's what creates creates the pearl is is the irritation. So so let it be this, and and let me thank God that I found this program, and and uh, with that I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, this is Valerie. Can I share? Okay, go ahead, Valerie, and then Julie. Hi. Thanks. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> I think I was screaming into a muted phone before. No one heard me. Um, I'm, thank you so much for sharing. Um, in terms of this paragraph, um, much more than inwardly reorganized, he's on a different footing, um, and he grasped new soil. I, that's how I feel. I actually was in program for a really long time and kept doing it my way and didn't work. And I finally surrendered when I realized um, I was losing everything. I have a business. Uh, I'm a swimming instructor. I was starting to not be able to function at my business. And I, I, every night I was going to a food store and getting a little treat. And um, I, I, was, I went back with an ex-boyfriend who I needed not to be back with. It was not healthy at all. And um, it just, I was just felt like I was going crazy. And I finally in the summer of 2013, just said, uh, that's kind of like, that's it. I'm, I'm, I just let go, absolutely. And I uh, was willing to do whatever, whatever my higher power wanted. And um, no matter what. And, um, and I thought, and, and once that happened and I did step through and I took, made that decision to do that. I, be, I felt like I was on di- different footing that I was, I, I no longer fight, like fight, things and to get it my way I'm just like okay that's um 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 I just kind of ask my higher power you know if this is what you want me to do and I'll ask I pray for strength motivation courage energy and a couple other things I'll say or not say and to do it if that's your healthy will and if it's not uh, I pray for an alternate plan and um I pray for the strength motivation courage energy 
to do an alternate plan. And, uh, and I'll say a lot of times, by healthy will be done, not mine. And it's sort of like I've taken myself out of it. Um, Cause I know that when I do things, when I try to do my, when I make, well, when I try to do things my way, I, what I do is I drive the car literally off the road into a dead end and crash it. Um, but if I have God in the driver's seat and I'm the passenger, I, I could say, you know, God, this is what I think is the right thing. You know, I, I want to do this or I think taking this job will work or not work. Uh, and then I'll go to God and say, what do you think? You know, and then God kind of makes the final decision and, uh, and I'm willing to do that. And it's a, it's a miracle that I, I, I encourage people, newcomers to stick around for the miracle happens because this didn't happen for 18 years. And, um, I, it was a hard case and, um, but I realized, and I'll just wrap it up with, um, it, 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 it's, um, it's only because of my dependency on God that, um, I'm able to function today and um and now uh, my next step is being able to bring that out into the world and not be afraid to tell people that I have this faith and then to, to be able to stand strong on it and um so with that I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Valerie. And Julie R in California. Hi, this is Julie, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and thank you, Sally, for your service. The this is two powerful sentences. Um, you know, the first part when he he saw that there was something inwardly reorganized. I mean, how many times um, did I find that next right diet that was going to solve me? And I was, you know, I had that change. It was going to work. I was going to do it. But yet, you know, whenever something happened uh, or something didn't happen, I would take that first bite and I would be off and running. But here, you know, Bill was just kind of waiting. He was looking at him saying, you know, we'll just wait. I'll push the drink to him. I'll see what happens. He pushed it back. Um, And he, how many times did I go out with my binge buddies and one of them said that they're on a diet, but then by the end of the evening, they would share a dessert with me. And it was because I wasn't on a different footing. That's the next sentence. So here you go. Okay, I'm reorganized. I've got it. I got it this time. But this time, I'm on a different footing. So what does that mean? Well, that means something I've never had before. And then my roots are grasped in a new soil. Not a soil that's been, you know, things added to it, but it's brand new. And, you know, it's like the stories with the the vegetables that are the weeds, right? If you don't get the weed at the root, it's going to keep on coming back going to come back and that's what my disease did it came back every time six months of abstinence 13 months of abstinence two and a half years of abstinence because I only had abstinence it wasn't on a new footing but now it's like my roots are deep in this new soil which is my creator and nothing nothing can chop that off because as long as I stay grounded and it's really interesting because I, I could see that, that inwardly changed. I had it many, many times. I've been in OA since 81. And it's it's different now. It's different because my it's, it's all new territory. It kind of goes back where it talks about the fourth dimension. So, um, you know, two powerful sentences explains what I had been doing since 81. And uh, now that I'm uh, grounded, my roots are in a new soil. Um, my food is neutral. Um, I'm, I've had multiple 
horrible things in my life, and I don't have to pick up. I just got to call my dad's in ICU. He's 88. And it's like I just I weigh and measure my food. I go to work. So, you know, this is a great program. It's, uh, you know, food is but a symptom. So that I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, everyone who has shared this morning. And we'll now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, Chelsea H. from South Jersey. Would you please read for us page 164 in a vision for you? Thank you for your service. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.